Welcome to the Hope College Athletics Orange and Blue Podcast. This is Alan Babbitt, Sports Information Director at Hope College. Uh, looking uh, forward each week to bring you interviews with Hope College coaches, uh, athletic staff, student athletes as we talk about life in the orange and blue. And uh, our special guest today is uh, head women's golf coach Greg Stafford. Coach Stafford has been uh, leading the Flying Dutch since 2009 and prior to that spent two years as a volunteer assistant uh, with uh, women's golf. So we'll look forward to hearing from him about what the Flying Dutch have been working on this fall. Welcome, uh, welcome Greg. Thank you very much for having me, Alan. I appreciate it. Obviously been an unusual uh, season to say the least uh, with everything going on with the pandemic and no competition, but the opportunity to practice. I, you know, had the chance to come out and see you guys uh, at one of your practices out at the Ravines Golf Club down in Saugatuck and uh, walk, watching the uh, ladies work on their game and uh, get uh, prepared and uh, sharp for hopefully a successful uh, spring season. Uh, what is the coaching this fall been like for you? Well, I like to tell the ladies all the time we're making the best out of a very difficult situation. And I really think the, the girls did this year. It was a difficult situation. And um, I thought we came through about as good as can be expected. We had a very good, fun fall year. And um, I think it got us ready for the spring where we're hopefully ready to compete. Now you had a, a roster of 14. Um, how did you set up practice? What, what did you kind of do to help them be able to work on their games, play, you know, play golf as well. I mean, there's nothing like just getting on the course and, and playing that makes you better. How, how did you try to juggle all the logistics uh, with, with that? Well, we tried to keep every Saturday but one we competed, played 18 holes. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, beginning of the year, we would play nine holes each Tuesday, Thursday, and then we would practice Monday and Friday and work on um, individual stuff. But Later in the year, we switched our Thursdays to where we were just playing um, scrambles with the team for um, kind of a lightened and enjoyment, and the girls really enjoyed that. What, uh, obviously, a lot of emotions going on. I mean, there's just, obviously, it's an unsettling time due to the pandemic, and, you know, it's tough for you got upperclassmen, and this is not what they signed up for when they, you know, thought and dreamed about their, you know, college careers. Just talk about how you've tried to, you guys have tried to help each other out through this because it's just, it's not easy and, and not, you know, it's just frustrating uh, for everyone. And I'm uh, just kind of wondering how you guys kind of tried to tackle that. Um, I think I call it, we were therapeutic for both. Uh, it was, it's a, obviously in our country right now, this is a very trying time and um, I really needed something to do and the girls needed something to do. And it was just a blessing for all parties involved that we had something to look forward to five days a week. We went out and worked hard and tried to put everything else behind and just say that our time in the golf course was precious and let's enjoy it. And for us, it seemed to work. What did you see in, in as far as improvement from the, from the team throughout the, the fall that you would point to, you know, they made really good strides in. Well, um, I got to say right from the beginning that um, two big surprises, very pleasant, were sophomores. Rita Cheney and Grace Van Dullen both improved a lot, which will help the team. And then um, senior Abby Meter, who has usually played two, her, two or three her whole career, qualified number one this fall. She's improved and just had a 
great fall. So, um, you know, looking very, we're really looking forward to the spring, honestly. With, uh, with playing, uh, you know, obviously golf is a matter of repetition and, and doing the same thing over and over again in the right form. With that, was there some time at the range in addition to playing or how did you kind of, how do you work on, on that part and organize that for everyone to, to get some, uh, you know, probably some, some practice and those fundamentals honed and sharpened? Our, and when we're not competing, our basic practice is simple. Um, every day we have to chip and putt and hit on the range, okay? And my, my goal is every day you should chip or pitch as much as you hit on the range and putt probably twice as much as that. So we spend those off days, we're just working on those three, three things all the time. Obviously with the chipping is uh, we get them in the sand and work them out of sand traps too. So there's a lot of, you know, golf is a team, individual sport, and, you know, they're very good at practice. They know what they need to work on. They have the, they know what they got to do at practice. They get right at it, and we just alternate through the three stations. Giselle, uh, with your team, obviously it's, it was a really young team last year, but a good core of them came through. Did having that experience kind of help that they kind of knew what, needed to be done and anyone that was new and coming aboard kind of could see by them, you know, what to focus on and how you guys were approaching, you know, this fall season. Uh, I am blessed to have as captains, Abby Meter and uh, Jordan Rio. They are just both, they're both seniors, obviously, but they've been around for three years. Um, they really pride themselves in a role in their role and they do a tremendous job with the rest of the team. Uh, they really are the ones who get everybody ready and uh, make us ready to play. They they do just an outstanding job. It's uh, I you know they're going to be around this year still, but I'm already missing them for next year. How did you guys wrap up the fall? I think it was you know two weeks ago. I, I uh, saw some photos. You guys kind of uh, was there a fun way you kind of just ended the fall? Yes, we have what we call it our Ryder Cup day. Um, we had everybody play, and we played in teams of two. We played three different types of format during the 18 hole. So one through six, we played uh, alternate shot. Then we played six holes of uh, best ball. And we played six holes of scramble. And it's, it's just a fun way to end the season after the Thursdays playing scramble. Uh, the girls like that competitive part and it's really fun, you know, and it was a very, actually it was a very competitive tournament and nobody won the top two teams tied with 76s. Oh, excellent. That's a great, some great uh, golf in there, probably much better than if I was out on the course with you guys. So that's, <laughs> that's not saying much, though. But I know watching, having seen Abby and Jordan and a few others compete last season, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, seeing them uh, the spring. And uh, that obviously the goal, fingers crossed, uh, March 27th will be the first uh, MIAA Jamboree. Before we get to kind of how the spring sets up and, you know, what we have, hope to happen, uh, obviously some time now between uh, – now in uh, March 27th, what will the golfers do now? Obviously going into, you know, Michigan winter, won't be able to get in an 18 round for much longer. What, what's, what do you guys talk about and what, what can they do to kind of be as sharp as they can be uh, and work on their games during the winter? Well, I've got to be not careful now, but I can't be around much now because we used to have 19 weeks. Now it's days. We have X amount of day. I believe it's 114 days we can use. Uh, I could be wrong, but any, anyways, we have days we can use, so I can't really use up a lot of those days now until the spring. 
what the ladies will do all winter and now is the um, golf room is open. Two and two can go in at a time for an hour and hit. So uh, first of all, I encourage him to take a month off or so after the fall practice season. And then um, probably, you know, right before – well, see, it's going to be different this year, Alan. Everything's different. But with – you know, they, they leave and don't come back from January. So certainly when they come back in January, they should start hitting, okay? Um, from there, we will probably, as it gets into February so, I'll take uh, a couple of the top six or so to – Maple Hill and Granville, and we can hit out of the stalls there in heated stalls just so we're hitting live balls, you know, and get a feel for what's going. Another thing that's very important is our trainer, Eric Bly, is um, Titleist certified, and he has each of the ladies on a program. And certainly second semester, I'll give them a little bit of leeway now, but when second semester starts, I start making um, phone calls and uh, taxes and find out if they're going to see Eric for doing their workouts. And, you know, I like the, the good, you know, the good kids, I don't have to check on, they're doing it two or three times a week. Uh, but, you know, I want everybody to do it at least once a week. And it's very, it's very beneficial for us. It's golf specific. So it works wonders for us. It's going to be different this year by not being able to go south where I feel that's where we get ready to play a match. So everybody's going to be in the same boat, but that first match, um, you know, I'm going to be like a, uh, I'm going to be a coach, a coach with a, uh, like a cat with a long tail in a room full of rocking chairs, because it's, it, you know, it's just, we don't, you know, you're not going to know what to expect because of, you know, you haven't been out on the course. And if you look at that date, there's a very good chance that that will be one of the first, or if not the first time we're outside all year, you know what I mean? So, you know, beginning of the year, it's going to be a curve. We're not going to go out and shoot our low scores obviously, you know, in very, you know, in early in the spring. With the format, I think each school gets a chance to host. I think I'm looking here at the schedule, uh, eight different rounds. Does that give a little bit of time? Or, I mean, obviously it's still only eight, so there's not a lot of competition. But does that give a little time to kind of get your feet under you and, you know, hopefully uh, suit your best here as you guys uh, go through that uh, go through that jamboree schedule? Um. I guess so. My only thing is the way I look at it as a coach, even as I coached anything, not just golf, but I'm concerned about us, not about the other people. And we're on golf. We're on a completely, it's an equal playing field. It's completely level. All teams are doing it the same. That's all I can ask for. So we have as good a shot as anybody. And, you know, that's what we're looking at. Um, as far I think we did it really right as, as far as the eight, matches because we it's they're so compact and uh, compressed there that if one gets rain or snowed out it's just thrown away we don't make it up so right now the girls are only missing two days of school which is wonderful um the schedule is great um you know is it is you know is it going to be like a normal spring no but is it going to be a whole lot better than playing ourselves absolutely and we're looking forward to it you know the uh, you're uh, you've been the coach uh, head coach since 2009 here for the Flying Dutch and started as a that seems like a long time, Alan. I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, then add on 2007, you started as a volunteer assistant. How, take me through a how did you become an assistant coach at, at Hope College Women's Golf? Do you remember how that came about? Oh, sure. I was I knew Eva a bit before 
And then one of my girls from Godwin actually um, came and played at Hope. And so I would go to all the matches and Eva knew I was about ready to retire from Godwin. And she said, you know, hey, look, um, I can't give you any money, but I'd love to have you come out and help if you'd like to. And I guess she knew a, um, an easy mark when she saw one. And I said, <laughs> well, yes, I'd love to. And so that's how it started. And I really enjoyed it. And um, I never really thought of being the head coach, honestly, Alan. I just thought, well, Eva's going to do this forever. And this is a blast. I love this. And then she became the, uh, the athletic director and she couldn't coach. And it was just like, you know, would you like to move into this spot? And, you know, I wanted to stay coaching. So I said, well, yes, of course I will. But, you know, I had really not, gosh, that's longer. That's, you know, I, it was just kind of like a couple years thing. I was just retired and wanted to do something, but I'm having so much fun. I haven't given it up yet, I guess. So that's where I'm at. What, what is it about it that you enjoy so much? Oh, man. You know, I love athletics. I've been around athletics all my life. But um, to be able to work with the Hope students is just extra special. You know, um, I know everybody talks about, and we have been very successful on the course, and it's wonderful. But I really do look at, um, we're even more successful in the classroom. And that, for me, is um, the best part of it. And, you know, just to be able to work with such student athletes and scholars and you know, it's it's just a it's just a wonderful opportunity for me, and I really enjoy it. You know, and I mean, I I you know, every year we have a ton of girls who are academic all American. It's just it's awesome. This um, I would imagine. Uh, I mean, obviously, the big thing with uh, being a college coach is recruiting and trying to find talent. And obviously, you've done a good job of finding that. How important is it to have that balance where you have the academic excellence in addition to a competitive golf program? Uh, you know, is finding finding those kids and keeping, you know, that kind of pipeline going because recruiting isn't easy. Anybody, it doesn't matter the sport, you know, finding the right kid is, is you know, can be, you know, as, a, as part of the challenge. Very, very true. Um, at Hope, I'm looking for a special kid. I'm not, not hiding that from anybody. Not, you know, I, everybody I talk to, I say, look, it takes a real special person to, you know, be a D3 college, not just at Hope, but anywhere. This is, you know, it, you have to love golf and you've got to give things up. And, um, you know, it, it, we, we have to have a special people to do this. People who love the game and want to be part of a team. If, you know, you're an individual golfer and all you care about you, I tell her this is not for you because we really work it as a team sport and it works for us. And, you know, part of the team sport is with us, the academics just come hand in hand and that fits in wonderful at Hope College. We're a high achieving, high achieving um, college, you know, and we get a lot of excellent golfers here who are four point students. Obviously, coaching has been a part of your life. Uh, your career at uh, Godwin Heights as a teacher, and then starting the the golf program there. Uh, what is it about the game of golf? Where did that start from you, as far as you starting to play, and then that lifelong, uh, you know, passion for you has continued to grow. Um. Long story, Alan. Uh, no, not really. I'm really not a golf coach. I was the assistant varsity football coach for about a million years and the baseball coach for even longer at Godwin Heights. And I loved doing them. And um, my father got sick. He had pancreatic cancer and he was living with one of my brothers in Flint. And so I stopped coaching because I wanted to be with him. Well, when I came back, obviously other people had taken those jobs 
So we had never had a women's golf team. And I just started messing around, um, having girls that weren't involved in other sports in the hallways, hitting after school, hitting wiffle balls. And it went from there. And we were lucky enough to have a very good program. And it was great. I think I did it for about the last seven years there. And then from there, I switched right over. I started helping Eva. But yeah, actually, I coached uh, football and baseball forever. And actually, early in my career, I was even um, coached basketball for two or three years, too. So I realized, though, that was uh, sports around the clock. You know, I was coaching three sports a year, and I wasn't seeing my wife, Joan, very much. What is it about coaching that you just obviously have an affinity for? I just like working with kids. And if it wasn't coaching, I would be doing, I'm sure I would be doing something else with kids. But I like to tell people that I'm one of the luckiest people in the world that I'm actually, I actually did my whole life um, something that I was happy doing. And I, I thought I was put on earth to do. And I feel I was brought here to coach. I, you know, that may sound silly, but you know, I mean, I just have loved coaching all along and I just, um, you know, it's, I, it's just been a blessing. Did, uh, did you, who were maybe, was there a role model or something that you had as far as it maybe emulated that coach? Um, anyone made kind of an impact on you when you were growing up and playing and doing that? Or how did you find kind of that, that you knew, hey, you know what, this was my calling? You know, I, I can't, it was, you know, I guess early in my career at Godwin, uh, a legend basketball coach, Gene Neinheis, he was a lot. But, you know, I picked up a lot from a lot of people. And, you know, like a lot of coaches, very honestly, Alan, I learned from almost a reverse barometer where I would watch them perform and go, no, I would, that's not me. I can't coach that way. And, you know, but I, I learned from everybody. There wasn't really, um, you know, I would say baseball, probably Sparky Anderson. Yeah. Uh, he was just, everybody loved the spark and, you know, he was just such of a good with good with the guys, you know, stuff like that. But it was more of just kind of a hodgepodge of my personality. And this, this, you know, and, you know, I think we all early in our careers, I think we all stumble a little bit too. And we have to find out who we are, you know, and I'm not a yeller and a screamer. I'm a, you know, more of a, you know, let's talk about this. And, uh, you know, especially with golf, it doesn't help to be in that way anyway. So for me, the personality just kind of worked very good, you know, into it. You think is it a matter, I, and I've heard this a lot from not only coaches I've talked to at Hope, but obviously my career when I was a journalist, it's just a matter of kids can see authenticity and they know when you're being you and who you are and you know, kind of figuring out that's kind of key to being able to connect with them that they kind of feel you're just, you're being authentic with them, whether or not they're critiquing you and, and want to get better or just encouraging you. I imagine that's probably kind of critical for a coach. I've always believed that from a very young age that kids have excellent radar and they can tell fake right away. I don't know what it is, but they can. And, you know, if you want to, if you want to do this line of work, you have to be authentic and you can't be fake or you're not going to last long. I, at least that's my opinion. Do you uh, – now you obviously watch a lot of golf. Do you get a chance to play much? I'm playing more more than ever now. Um, my wife was ill for a very long time, and I just kind of stopped playing because 
uh, was not that I'm great, but you know, it was just so frustrating to go out and be so horrible. So uh, until she passed, I didn't play much. And then I had some back issues, but I think I finally turned the corner. So I'm playing a lot right now. And I'm actually, I'm actually thinking for my age, I'm not too bad. <laughs> that's that. Hey, that's a good place, a good place to be. And I, I, had a chance to know uh, and get to know your wife Joan before, and she still has. Uh, it was just a wonderful kind of spirit. What did obviously? I mean, probably any coach, if they you need a supportive spouse to put up with all the nights and weekends and stuff. I, I don't put you on the spot, but just kind of you know thinking about her and and kind of what she's meant to you as you. I imagine she's still kind of close to you as you as you coach each each of the seasons. Well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her because we, you know, we both grew up in Grand Rapids and um, taught, she taught fifth grade at Godwin Heights. Uh, I was in the high school and that's where we met and we never would have come back here, but she went to Hope. She's a Hopi. And so we got a place here on Lake Mac years ago and we would come back weekends. And that's kind of how I got into Hope Athletics and everything. And, you know, we just followed, we were both athletic and, um, have been involved in athletics all along as far as you know everybody says it but it's absolutely true she was the best coach's wife in the world uh and it helped i think because she was a teacher too so she wasn't getting home at three she was getting home at five six o'clock also i was getting home you know probably a little bit later but you know there's a lot of give and take if you're coaching two three sports and trying to do it right in high school or anywhere and um you don't see your spouse a lot and there just has to be an understanding. And, you know, it was, um, we just had a great relationship and she was my rock or my pillar forever. Very honestly, it was just a wonderful relationship. Yeah. No, it was, it was good to know her tough, obviously that when she passed, but we're uh, grateful for her and uh, grateful that she helped bring you to uh, hope. And uh, it's been a lot of fun watching your teams. And uh, like I said, we're hoping for the best this spring and, uh, see the Flying Dutch uh, on the golf course and uh, compete uh, with the best in the MIAA. So thanks uh, thanks for joining us on the uh, Orange and Blue co- podcast, Greg. Enjoy the break, and uh, we'll, we'll see you uh, very soon uh, in, in March, hopefully uh, competing. I want to thank you again for having me, Alan. I appreciate it. And anytime, I'd love to – I'll bend your ear anytime you let me. Thank you very much. That sounds great. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg.